right, so hey, we're going to be camping out in Matthew 25 today. Uh, before we get to Matthew 25, there's two things that I want to go over about money before we get there. Uh, the first one is that money is power. Money is, I mean, hands down, money is power. Money is the freedom to do what we desire. We went to Disney World a few months back, and boy, did we figure this one out. <laughs> we thought that like 200-some bones and tickets would be fine. You know, we'd get there, and then there was a $22 parking. Everything is like quadruple the price once you get in the park, and then it's, it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, but money, on a, on a serious note, money is power. Money is freedom. In, in America, we think, oh, we're so free here. And we are. We are. But you're really not free to do much if you don't have money. Psalms, or Proverbs 22.7. Wrong, wrong uh, reference there. But Proverbs 22.7 is, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. This is not to be derogatory or praising the rich or derogatory to the poor. But we have to understand the fundamental fact that you are a slave to what you owe. Yes, we have bankruptcy laws that don't even apply to student loans anymore. But you don't get out, and even after that, you, don't, you can't really get any loans after, for seven years if you file for bankruptcy. So you are a slave to what you owe. So we need to know that. We need to know that. The second thing we need to know as we talk about money and this power and freedom is that money and power belong to God. Psalm 24, 7 says, this would be the right, well, no, close. But, or no, oh, this is 24, 1. I was wrong this time. All right, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And all who, and the world and all who live in it. Guys, you know, we'll just hit on tithing real quick. Tithing is not a 1090 relationship. This is not a, this is not, okay, God, you have your 10%, or maybe five, because I just didn't want to do the 10%, but you have your 10th God. I have my 90. We're even. You're not even with God. 100% of what you have is God's. Who owns the world? God. There is no such thing as a 1090 healthy relationship with God. He doesn't work with fractions in your life. It's all or nothing. No fractions. King David talked a little bit about this in 1 Chronicles 29:12. He says, "Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. You know, King David actually said this right after he procured the funding of over $10 billion for a single project, God's house, the temple. This was part of what made David infamous, was that he accrued so much wealth and power and had the freedom to make a house for God that has not been rivaled since. But what did he say? He said both riches and honor or power belong to God, not to man. There is no 1090. God doesn't do fractions. It's all his. So now that we've covered those two things, let's, let's hit Matthew 25. It'll be on the screen here. 
I'll start reading at verse 14, and we're going to be going to uh, verse 30. For it, being the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is talking here, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. So we're going to stop right there for a second. First off, in this story, we see, we see a master, we see a, um, a boss, as it were, and we see three separate employees. First off, I had, never, I had never known this about this parable, but I always thought talent was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like 50 bucks. So he gave one guy like 500 bucks or something, another guy a couple hundred and left and then got like weird mad when it you know, didn't go his way. But no, a talent is actually roughly 1.25 to 1.6 million dollars. So Jesus isn't talking about some schmuck. He's not, I mean, this master guy that Jesus is talking about, dude, he figured it out. We're talking, he's giving out 10 million some bucks. We're just going to call it a million even to make it easy on us. But, but we see this wise guy who's found a way to make money, right? And then he has three employees. Says servants, I'd say employees for nowadays. So one guy to whom he gave five is probably, probably a sharp guy. I mean, this guy's not stupid. He's not just going to go give money to anybody. Um, so he gives probably his best guy. This was the guy that, that was diligent. He always worked hard. He showed up on time. He was always the model employee for this person. Thus, he gave him over $5 million, right? This guy took, a, took an interest in his boss's business. He took an interest on how his boss became successful. And his boss picked up on that and entrusted him with over $5 million. To another one, he gave $2 million. So this guy was at least diligent too. And the, ma- and the master picked up on that. The boss picked up on that. He always showed up to work. He, he was never stupid. He didn't live paycheck to paycheck. And not that that's totally evil, but he did not do that. He, he knew how to deal with his finances well. And so person, he was entrusted with $2 million by this wise person. The next person, this is going to be an interesting character, he gave $1 million. So, I, always, I mean, if you're looking at these characters, one guy got five, one guy got two, this guy gets one. And I think this, this, this guy is really where a lot of us might be at, and we're at a crossroads here. This guy had a few options, right? He could either look at the guy that got two million and say, wow, he got double me, I show up to work too. Well, he got double me. Or he could look at the five guy and be like, okay, I knew he was better than me. But really, $5 million? But let's see what happens. Let's read on. So he who had received the five talents... Oh, then the master went away. So he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. 
I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, let's listen in here. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. He understood it wasn't his. Still didn't do nothing. See what the master has to say about that. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given. This is so different than how I grew up in the world that we live in. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I ask you, what would you do with a million dollars? One thing we need to know from Matthew 25 is that God gives us exactly what we need. Your bank account, God, your cash book, wherever you keep your resources, you have exactly what God has in store for you right now. How do you see that? Not a penny more, not a penny less. Another thing we need to know and think about is if you think you're poor, just wait. You're only going to get poorer. If you fail to see what God has bestowed upon you, it's not going to work. You're not going to gain wealth. You're not going to gain what your ability shows. Because you're failing to see it right in front of you. He has given each and every one of us what we need to succeed. So, why did Jesus give us this parable? Is it because he wants us to all be rich and live luxurious lives and, and buy horses and, and buy trucks? and buy, I mean, why, why did Jesus give us this thing? Is he really wanting to get us a lot more money? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want you to be irresponsible with your money. He wants us to be free. There's three things we should write down here. He wants us to be free. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom, Christ has set you free. 
Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit yourselves to a yoke of slavery. Guys, you're a slave to what you owe. Don't be stupid about that. Don't start yourself out in a hole that you have no plan to pay off. There's nothing wrong with loans if they're smart loans that you have a way to pay off. There is also really dumb, crippling, enslaving loans that you have no plan to pay off. Guys, Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Like Matt said, we were purchased with a price. Christ didn't come and die for us so we could live a life where we take a bajillion dollars out on student loans and then spend the rest of our lives paying them off. We don't need to be slaves to a monthly payment. We need to be smart, and that time starts now. Some of us, myself included, need to look back and say, whoa, what, what are we spending all of this money on? Why am I so dependent on my next paycheck to the point where if I had in some situation where I knew God wanted me to move on from this job, I couldn't because I would lose everything. That's not the situation that Christ died for you about. Do not neglect what he did on the cross with your finances. Be smart. He wants us to be free. Number two, with money comes influence, and God wants his people to have influence. I mean, this parable is for Christians. This parable is for Christians, and God wants his people to have money. I look at Donald Trump, and I don't know if he's a Christian. I don't know anything really much about Donald Trump, and he's president. But put aside all of what we... And everybody has something to disagree with the president. I don't care who you are. You always have... And I don't know why we are that way, but we are. But anyways, Donald Trump. Donald Trump started out with a $10 million loan from his president. Do you know how much he made the year before he became president? Did anybody see that number? It's a big one. Started out with $10 million. In one year, made $694 million. Yes, he is. More power to him. Guys, that's smart. And think about the influence that Donald Trump had. Think about all of the people that were fed by Donald Trump and what he did in his business. Hundreds and thousands of people had a paycheck because of how he dealt wisely with money. He saw value, he acted on it, and it gave people a job. It gave other people a chance to make money. And with that money, they can get themselves into a situation where they don't have to be dependent on it. We need to be smart with money. This is not a lecture about how to get rich, but this is a lecture on how to live free. Those of you wanting to go into ministry, ask Justin about the paycheck. If you're starting out with six figures in debt, you're probably not going into ministry. And if you are, you're probably going to fail miserably because you're going to feel pressured constantly day in and day out to get out of $100,000 or so looming over your head. You have to be smart with your finances now so that you can live free tomorrow. But influence. With your money 
comes influence. That's part of the power, right? Third thing, and it's very simple. God wants to be able to bless you. God wants to be able to bless you. If your list of a million dollars, the things that you do with a million dollars, are things that would hold no value and have no increase, why would he give you a million dollars? Thus the point, you have exactly what God can entrust with you now. If you want to be entrusted more, prove yourself able to do and be more. Great story, Brian Hunley. Guy came up to me and he was like, hey, I want to put an HVAC system in this house that you're working on. And I was like, have you ever done it before? He's like, well, I mean, I've done it a lot. And I was like, uh, okay, well, go ahead. And this dude knocked it out of the park. He knocked it out of the park. Before, he had never done this before, but he toiled and he strived and he worked his rear end off and he learned more than he had ever learned about HVAC in his life. Brian's worth a lot more now than he was two months ago. If any of you need an HVAC system, get a hold of Brian Hunley. He's in a white shirt. Raise your hand, Brian. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Make somebody rich overnight like that. Guys, he wants to be able to bless you. But it doesn't come with a noble list of what you do with a million dollars. It comes with a smart list of what you do with a million dollars. And this, again, this is still not a get-rich-quick scheme. But when God does give you the... When you see the blessing that God has given you today and tomorrow, deal with it wisely. Do not use it in such a way that you will submit yourselves to slavery, to money. So money is not always the main event. I'm going to turn to Matthew 6 here. Money can, can really be the fall of many men. You can figure out how to make money, so be so lost it's not even funny. I didn't mean to rhyme that. But you can be so lost with $694 million. Because here's how money works. You don't take it with you. You can invest in mutual funds, you can buy smart stocks, you can buy good bonds, you can buy all these things that give you a good interest rate with your savings and yada, 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 yada. But there's only one investment that will always be worth its weight in gold. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, verse 24. Jesus is saying here, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. There is no 1090 relationship. It's all his. It's all his. You can't serve only money. You must serve God and yet let money be used to give you freedom, to give you influence for the gospel because those things can last forever. If Donald Trump was a born-again Christian, 
purely committed to the gospel. Think about the influence that he could have with his thousand some and thousands of employees. Why, why not one of us be Donald Trump? Why not one of us? Guys, another thing I want you to know is that the foundry cares a lot more about your heart than your ability to make money. It starts here. That's what God cares about. That's how you know you're not serving money and God and racking your brain constantly. It starts right here. We care more about your heart before God than we do about your ability to make money. There's one person who had it figured out. One person who had it figured out, and we find her in Luke 21, 1 through 4. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, those who had the 1090. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Guys, she had it figured out. She knew how to invest better than the one with $694 million. She invested in something that will never go away. And can you just imagine this picture? Heaven forbid something happened to me, and Jess finds herself destitute. And she spent all that she had, and she's got two coins left, two quarters left. Call it two bucks so she could get a McChicken. But imagine her having two dollars left and her walking down the aisle and putting in a box the only thing she had left to feed Corp. <laughs> what did Jesus do? You know what Jesus did? We're in, we're in chapter 21 of Luke and we're just two chapters away from what he did for this lady. Jesus looked at that lady and he said, I'm going to die for her. She'll never be a slave. Not with me. She's free forever. Forever free. Unless God has it all, you're not free. So I ask you, what do you need to give today to set yourself free? Is it money? Is it loans? Is it dreams? Is it, is it horses? Is it trucks? What do you need to give today to set yourself free? Some of you, it's just going to look like salvation. Some of you have never given 100% to God. If, if, even if it's not money, it's always been a 1090 relationship. You've been dealing with fractions with God. And I'm telling you, he doesn't work like that. He's not mad at you for it, but it just doesn't work for him. So as Matt plays now, as he's playing, come up and tell one of us up here what it is that you need to give. What do you need to give to ensure that you're free?
The one who lost the most was the one who was given $1 million. Do you know why? Because he didn't believe. Jesus said it over and over. It's all about belief. Do you believe that you can be free? Do you believe that you can be trusted? As Matt plays, come up and tell one of us standing up here what you need to do to be free. Because that's what God wants for you. And that's why Jesus died.